Let's give it up for my man, James. That's what we've been waiting for. Hey, James is not here tonight, but when you see him, make sure you, told, you tell him that you saw that video of him lifting. That actually, listen to this, that is a gym at the bottom of James's house, okay? Like, homeboy, like, when, when he moved this apartment place, I said, what, what are you most excited about with your home? And he's like, dude, there's a gym in my basement. And I was like, that's weird, okay? It's like people have gyms and workout equipment and they never use it. And James like lives on top of a gym and he's there every day. So when you see him, make sure you tell him that you want to come work out sometime and that you enjoyed his video. Hey, are you guys doing all right tonight? Awesome. Hey, I'm so glad that you guys are here. Hey, let me do a really quick housekeeping. I hate doing this kind of stuff, but because I'm in charge, because I'm the leader here, I want to make sure that I say this. You guys have been doing an incredible job, but I want to make sure that whenever we are here on a Wednesday night, that our time of singing is really us singing songs to God, that we're not getting distracted, that we're not distracting other people, that we make sure that we focus us and God and what's being sung. And sometimes you guys do great and awesome at that, um, and sometimes we get a little distracted. And also I want to say this, if you have to go to the bathroom, um, sometimes you you guys get up in like four, you will go at the same time. Let's not do that, all right? When we get here at six o'clock and we go till 6.30 before we start, that's when the countdown ends is at 6.30. If you need to go and, and, and take care of business, go ahead and do that. When we get started, we want to be focused and zeroed in on what's happening up here. Is that all right? Can we do that? If you have to go, I get it, go. But do not go with like two people, three people, four people, okay? Go and come back. We want you in here. Now listen, we've been doing this series, tonight is our last night of this series called Stronger, and we've been saying something, and tonight's kind of going to be the culmination of everything. We've said that sometimes, what happens in life? Who said that? Okay, someone's paying attention. Sometimes there are bad things that happen to us in life. And, and if you remember what we talked about, we, we said that sometimes it just happens. You can't control it. Like something, sometimes bad things just happen. Like, I think about this all the time. You guys, if you've heard me speak before, you know that I'm, like, deathly afraid of so many things. One of them being bees. The other one being airplanes and turbulence. I don't know why. And sometimes I feel like things just happen. Like, sometimes in life, you might get stung by a bee. It's just a normal part of life. Sometimes you get on an airplane, and there's a storm or something outside, and you might, you might die. That's how I feel every single time I get on a plane, Okay. The truth is sometimes there are things that happen in life that are hard. They're difficult. It's nobody's fault. It just happens. And we said sometimes there are things that happen in life that it's because of us, because we said something or we did something or we didn't do something, like studying at homework, listening to our parents. Sometimes things can happen. Sometimes we can mistreat a friend and they get upset with us and the relationship gets severed. Sometimes bad things happen because of what we do. But we did say that no matter what happens, no matter what's going on, no matter what difficult time we experience or go through, first of all, we say that God can always redeem what has happened. That God can use it for good. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. We also said that we can trust God, that he's going to be there with us. And we also said that God is going to put people in our path. God is going to put people alongside of us that can help us. Friends, family, a youth group. People like, like Bryce and Jenny and our worship team and our, and our volunteers, incredible people who want to help us. So no matter what you experience in life, understand this, that if there's bad times, God is there to help. Now, before we jump into the whole lesson, I've been thinking about this concept of stronger, and I've been thinking about some of the things that make us stronger, and, and, and obviously working out is one of them, but they actually say that to be like strong and to, to like be regimented, it's, it's usually, they said to be healthy, it's 20% working out, and it's 80%... Does anyone know? 
what you eat is 80% diet. And in fact, there's this thing called, are you ready for this? This is one of my favorite words to say ever. There's this thing called superfoods. Has everyone ever heard of superfoods? I mean, I'm talking like nachos, mac and cheese, cheese bread. That's superfoods. Okay. I'm kidding. They taste like superfood, but they're not superfoods, okay? Now, let me, let me do this. I did some research on this because it was interesting to me. There's actually stuff, superfoods, foods that are, listen to this, they're nutritionally dense. Now, there's, there's a word for you. They're especially beneficial for health and for wellness. Some of them are even preventative. Like some of them even help you, like, like to, to not just help you with how you're doing, but help keep you from getting sick or, or, or from getting diseases. Now, some superfoods are actually kind of good. Let me list some of the ones that I like. Avocados. That's superfood, okay? Avocados are good. Squash it up and get some guac. Here's another good superfood. You ready for this? Blueberries. Blueberries. They're delicious. Frozen in pie format, like whatever. Okay, blueberries. Um, Certain types, not all, <laughs> one pie, certain type of nuts are really good. I don't know. Does anyone like almonds? Okay. Almonds, depending on your pronunciation. What about kiwi? You like kiwi? Let me tell you this. The best way to eat a kiwi, it just, it just changed my life when I found this out. If you have a kiwi, they're kind of like roundish. If you take a knife and cut the top off, you can take your spoon and scoop it out and eat it like yogurt. It's amazing. It'll change your life. Go home and try that. Here's, here's another food that, obviously, if you eat too much of this, it's bad, but it can actually have some health benefits, and that is dark chocolate. <laughs> now, this kind of stuff is good, but there's also a list of superfoods that, in my opinion... Doesn't have to be the right opinion, but in my opinion, are whoa. okay. First of all, we got kale. Kale. <laughs> it's good in smoothies. It makes the smoothie green. There's also there's kale, and then there's massaged kale. I don't understand that, but um, here's something else that's good. Superfoods that's good for you. Fermented foods. Fermented essentially means that it's undergone a process through which it has gotten a little bit old and it's changed the properties of the, the food, but somehow it's good for you. Um, does anyone drink kefir yogurt? Kefir yogurt? Anyone? And not all yogurts, certain yogurts. Um, I think like kimchi is fermented food. Like, okay, to me, that's just, it's just a little weird, okay? Here's some other ones. You, I, know, I know that I'm going to be alone in this, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Broccoli. I, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it. Another superfood. This one's not that bad, but maybe not my favorite. Chia seeds. You can put them inside of drinks and smoothies and on, on salads. Um, here's another one. This is a big one. Ginger. I'm just not a big ginger fan. Ginger is really strong. Now, I'll drink ginger ale, okay? Like, I can, I, can, I can handle that. But ginger, okay, I don't like it on sushi. Um, another one, ginger snaps. Um, another one is beets. Beets. <laughs> now, let me say this. Now, the reason I talk about this is this. 
because there's these, there's these superfoods that can be good for you. They're healthy for you. They can help your body, but at the same time, in the moment, maybe you don't like them. Maybe you don't enjoy it. Maybe that's not something that you want. I want you to take a second, turn the person that's next to you, and I want them to tell you what is something that's good for you that you absolutely hate. What is something that's good for you that you talk to your neighbors, talk to your neighbors. What's something that's good for you? It doesn't just have to be food. It can be an activity. It can be something you do. All right, wrap it up. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, let's see if I came up with a similar list as you guys. Here's some things, and I, and I get you, there, there's good benefit in these things, but we just kind of hate doing this sometimes. The first one that we got is studying. Listen, listen, we understand, we understand there's long-term benefits, okay? If you study, if you do your homework, you're going to do well on tests, your parents are going to be happy, you're going you're gonna to graduate with flying colors, you're going to make it into college, you're going to do good, okay? But it's not fun. We understand that. Here's another one. Um, waking up. Now, we got, we got a cute picture, but waking up can be hard sometimes. Listen, even if you're a morning person, shh, 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 even if you're a morning person, sometimes hitting that snooze, oh, it's glorious. But when we have to wake up, when we're tired and we don't feel like it, sometimes that can be hard. It's beneficial. There's reasons why we got to do it, but we don't like it. What about this? Brushing your teeth. Brushing your teeth. Let me ask you this. Have you ever gotten in bed and forgot to brush your teeth? It's the worst. It's literally the worst. You got to get out. You got to go back. You got to brush them. It's important to do, but it's not fun. Um, I think we have another one. What's the next one? Go ahead and put it up. Okay, this was waking up. The other one was, the other one was just sleeping, I guess. This is waking up, waking up early. Sleeping is one of those things, I will say this. If you don't sleep, it's bad. And sometimes you don't want to go to sleep because you're hanging out with your friends or you're, you're staying up late, you're watching a movie, but it's necessary. And so sometimes you got to do it. Uh, we got waking up, we said that. Um, what about this, showering? Go ahead, go ahead to the next one. Now, I will say this, I will say this. Here's where, here's where it's difficult. This is love-hate, love-hate relationship. I love showering, okay? Showering is important. It wakes me up in the morning. Here's the problem. If you're running late or you've got so much to do, this can be the worst sometimes. And then you're not just showering, getting ready. It's like a whole process. And if you're running late, if you're out of time, that can be difficult. One last one. We saw James do it. Exercising. <laughs> Listen, we get it. We got to do it. It's important. But in the moment, we may not enjoy it. In the moment, it might be difficult for us. So, tonight, tonight, in talking about things that we sometimes need to do but don't enjoy doing, I want to unpack a word for us that we're going to see come up in Scripture. And that word is perseverance or to per persevere. 
Now, I, I want us to, to put this definition up. This says perseverance is to keep going even when it's hard, even when you're not sure things will ever change. Let's leave that up for a second because here's the thing. Most of us think, if we're honest with ourselves, hey, when a difficult time comes, that it'll go away. Man, if I love Jesus, if I follow him, if I'm a follower of Christ, I might have a hard day, but, but oh, Jesus, you love me. And the next day it's gonna be good. And the next day it's gonna be gone. The truth is this, scripture we're gonna find out tonight talks to us about this word perseverance. It means to continue in something even when it's hard and even when it seems like circumstances might not change. You see, we're not guaranteed for circumstances to change. The Bible doesn't say, follow me and everything's gonna be good. The Bible doesn't say, follow me and you won't have more than one week of badness happen to you. The Bible just doesn't say that. In fact, we're going to find out tonight, the Bible says the opposite. The Bible says, hey, life is going to get tough. Life might be difficult sometimes. And when it does happen, you need to persevere. Now, we said God is by our side all the way through. Whether we've done something to create bad times in our life, whether it's just happened because it just does, we can trust God. He's going to take care of us. And he's even going to help us to persevere. Now, I want us to think about this, uh, this idea of perseverance because the truth is this. Sometimes perseverance can be painful. Sometimes perseverance can actually be not fun. Sometimes perseverance it doesn't make everything better in the moment. Listen, you guys, most of you guys know this, and, and I don't want to always, you know, I don't want to get into this whole story, but I want to share with you guys, because most of you guys who know me know that this happened to me a couple years ago, but I was diagnosed with cancer a couple years ago. And, and God took such good care of me, and I'm healed now, I'm all good, I had to go through treatment, I, had to, I came to the other side, people took care of me, like God was incredible to me. But you know, there was a season during that where I had to go to the hospital for like a, a lot. Like I had to go there every single day, for a week and receive chemotherapy. You know, I had gone some surgeries, and up until that point, I had never been through surgery before. But when I went to the hospital, I went to the surgery, they put a, a port under my skin, and when I would go to the hospital in the morning, I would sit down in this chair on a Monday morning at like 8 o'clock, which felt super early. That's just because I don't want to get up early. And I would sit down in the chair, and they would connect me to this machine that would pump chemotherapy. And, and chemo is one of those words, like, we, you don't think about it. But essentially, they're giving you medication. But we call it medication, but really, it's, it's poison. I mean, it's stuff that's harmful to your body. The good thing is that it's harmful to the bad cells, but sometimes it's also harmful to some of the good cells. And so I would go to the hospital at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I would stay there until about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, they would give me other stuff, liquids and vitamins and anti-nausea medication. But I had to do that every day for five days. And then I would, so I would go Monday to Friday. I loved Friday. I would go home on Friday. But then I would get sick. And I was really sick Saturday. I was really sick Sunday. And then every single day I started to get a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. And by the following Friday, one week later, I was good again. And I had a week off before I had to go do it all over again. So I always would tell people I had one chemo week. I had one sick week, and then I had one good week. And I had to do that four times throughout the course of a summer. And I'll tell you guys this, because the reason I share this is because when I went through the first time, I was like, all right, okay, let's do this. I got this. I'm style. My, everyone's praying for me. The church is praying for me. I, I got friends praying for me. My parents in Italy are praying for me. People are praying in another language for me. I was like ready to go. And I remember going to the hospital and, and sitting, and, and after the first day, I was like, wow, I never want to do this again. And I had 19 more days of doing that. 
And so I went the next day and the next day and the next day. And finally, when the first round was done, man, I had gotten so sick that I thought to myself, I never, ever, ever, ever want to do this again. And yet I had to do it three more times. I remember actually this, when I got halfway done with it, when I got halfway done, they said, when you get halfway, we're going to scan you and see if it's even working. Which means that there's two rounds that I did, they didn't even know if it was going to be working. Now, luckily, God took care of me. I told you this. And so it was working. And I had to go two more times. I always tell people the last week was the worst week. The last week was the worst. Actually, the, the, it, it was nice because there was a light at the end of the tunnel. The third was also really bad. Because you just felt like, man, I just got to keep going. I just got to keep doing. And really, in those moments, I had to persevere. I mean, that's what it is. I, I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. I didn't know if everything was going to magically get better. I was praying the guy would just like snap his finger and I was like, better, Thanos. I just thought that maybe God would just like, everything would just go away magically. But that's not how it happened. I had to keep going and keep going and keep going. But here's the cool thing. When I got to the end of that, guess what I learned? I learned that God loves to take care of his people. Man, God literally encouraged me every single day through scripture, through people who would pray for me, who would reach out to me. God showed me that, that I may not think this about myself, but, but he's made me to be strong. And I was able to do that. I was able to endure. I was able to persevere. I came to the end of it, and, and I was doing okay. And God revealed it to me through this process, through what seemed like so negative and so dark and so difficult, God was able to do something incredible because of perseverance. Continuing, even if you don't know if circumstances are going to change. Continuing even when it's hard. But I want to give you guys scripture. I want us to look at this from the Bible. And so in Romans chapter 5, Paul is writing a letter to the Roman people, the believers there. And he's teaching them, he's saying to them in the first few verses, that they can have peace with God through Jesus who died on the cross. Because of Jesus, we can access God and in verse 3, he says this, not only that, not just the peace, he goes, but also we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our suffering produces, what's the word there? Perseverance. And perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. If you are here last week, we looked at this verse last week as well. But here Paul is telling people you need to rejoice in your sufferings. Now that's kind of a weird thing to think about. That's kind of a weird concept to, to talk about. And we're going to get to it. But, but here's what I love about Paul. He's talking about perseverance. And he's the guy who understands perseverance. You see, sometimes we think that someone can't talk about something unless they're like an expert on it or unless they've had experience in it. The truth is this. If you've taken time to study a topic for a long, long time, then, then you can become an expert on it. You don't have to have lived and experienced it. You, you can know about it and talk about it. But when someone has experienced something as well as knowing the knowledge and the content behind it, it's like a double whammy. And Paul experiences all throughout his life. You see, Paul was known, uh, when he first started out, his name was Saul, and he actually was a Pharisee. And a Pharisee was someone whose job was, was, was kind of like my job, to, to teach God's word to people. But you see, back then, to be a Pharisee was such an intense thing. If, if you take your Bibles and you look at the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, anyone who was a Pharisee, who had studied rigorously, knew all five of these books by heart. 
Like, guys, I don't even know someone's phone number. I can't even remember some of your guys' names sometimes, okay? And they knew the first five books of the Old Testament by heart. Like, they had to study it. They had to learn all about the, the, the rituals. They had to learn all about the sacrificial system. They knew all of these things. When you talk about perseverance, Paul had to persevere to learn that stuff. He also had his own business where he made tents. Not like backpacking tents, but like tents that they lived in. And so to persevere, to have his own business, man, he, he has to have done something remarkable. Paul knew about perseverance through his conversion. I said his name was Saul, and God actually met him on the road. Does anyone know what road it was? The road to close, starts with a D, da, Damascus. He was going on the road to Damascus, and all of a sudden he sees this bright light. Ah. And it says that the bright light was God speaking to him and actually shines so bright in his eyes that for three days he couldn't see. For three days he was blind. And during that time he fasted and he prayed. Fasting means like he didn't eat anything. Does that, does that sound like perseverance? I think so. You're like five, ten minutes, and we're like, I'm starving. And for three days, he's persevering. But also he went through a time of ministry. This is crazy. This is, it's in the Bible. This is the type of ministry that he went through. If you read the whole life of Paul in the Bible, it actually says this. It says that, 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 that he was almost, I mean, he was put in jail. He was beaten almost to the point of death multiple times. He was shipwrecked, Okay. We don't understand this because we don't go on ships all the time. But he was shipwrecked, listen to this, twice. Like, I feel like it's like something that happens like once in a lifetime. You know, we got caught in this bad storm and we had to like row back to shore. Like, no, homeboy almost died in a storm on a boat twice. He was bitten by a poisonous snake. He had arguments, fights with other people. He wrote these letters, the New Testament. He wrote like letter after letter after letter after letter to the church. Like, dude knew about perseverance. And so he says to people, when, when, when you, you need to persevere, the way that you have to do it is you have to rejoice in your trials. You have to rejoice in your suffering. You have to rejoice in the difficult time. You have to rejoice in all that's going on that's crazy around you. Now think about this for a second. Think about the craziest thing that's ever happened to you in life. Think about the darkest moment that you've ever experienced. Think about the deepest sadness that you've experienced. Think about the hardest thing that you've ever had to face. And Paul would say to you, the Bible says to you, in that moment, rejoice in your suffering. Does that sound crazy? In your darkest moment, in your most difficult moment, in your hardest time, rejoice? And that sounds totally crazy. But Paul then explains exactly how that happens. You see, there's this other part of scripture where he's writing another letter. This time he's writing to the Corinthians. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, as he's speaking to them, he says to them this. He says, to keep me from becoming conceited, which was kind of like to, to, to be boastful, to be prideful, to, to have a big head. He said, to keep me from that, because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, he goes, a thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. He says, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. Verse 9, but it said to me, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so the power of Christ may rest upon me. Verse 10, for the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weakness, insults, hardships, perseverance, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. 
when I am weak, then I am strong. Listen, we don't know what, what, what it was that Paul was going through. We don't know what he was experiencing. We don't know if it was like a physical pain or like an emotional pain, if it was like a temptation. He calls it the thorn in my flesh. He says, there is something that's going on with me that's, that's, that's like a thorn in your flesh. And we, again, we don't necessarily understand this 100%, but imagine like when you have like a pebble in your shoe, a rock in your shoe. That's the worst. It's like every step is like, ah, ah. And it's just so, it's there, it's annoying. Even if it's not like hurting you, every time you walk, it's like it's there. It hurts. It's annoying. And as Paul was going, he says, there's something in my life that's been tormenting me. There's something in my life that's been bothering me. There's something in my life that is difficult, that's hard, that's painful. And he says, I've gone to God and I've asked them. I've said, Lord, please take this away from me. Please remove this from me. God, I don't desire this. And it says that God left it there. And he says, just what he told the Romans. He told the Romans, you've got to rejoice in those hard times. Paul says, the truth is, I rejoice in this because every time that I'm reminded of this pain, every time I'm reminded of this hardship, every time I'm reminded of this difficulty, of this situation, whatever it is, we don't know. Every time I'm reminded of it, I'm reminded that in my weakness, God is made strong. In the hard times, God is made strong. In the difficult time, God is made strong. In the pain, in the stress, God is made strong through my weakness. See, the question is this, how do we rejoice in our pain? How do we rejoice in our suffering? How do we rejoice in our weakness? How do we rejoice in hard times? The truth is this, the way we rejoice is that we have to understand, we have to know that through these things, that through these difficult moments, through these hardships, through the hard time, through the, the suffering, through whatever it is, the circumstances, that through those things, God desires to do something great in you. God desires to accomplish something incredible inside of you. God wants to use those situations to, to, to persevere you, to help you to move forward, to then build your character, to then build your hope. God wants to do these things inside of you to help grow you. I imagine almost to a point where we could get to a place that, that, that when we go through a hard time, when something bad happens, that we would say, man, bad times happening. I wonder what God wants to do. I wonder if we could get to a place when we would realize, man, this is struggling. I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time. This is difficult. I'm sad. I'm lonely. This is stressful. Uh, I'm in pain. That in those moments, we could pause and say, wait a minute. I wonder how God is going to use this for good. Wait a minute. I wonder how God is going to be made strong in my weakness. Wait a minute. I wonder what God wants to accomplish through this difficult time. And then we could pray and say, God, help me to persevere. Help me to move forward. I watched a, a TED Talk one time. I don't know why that's funny. I watched this TED Talk one time of, of a lady who was a teacher. Do you guys know what a TED Talk is? Okay. I don't know why it's funny that I watch a TED Talk. But I watched this TED Talk one time, and there was this teacher, and she said she had done extensive research. Not just her, but, but, but some other people in her group. And they had done research with their students. And they had taken time to study and to analyze and, and to, to pull them and, and, and take a look at their life, their patterns and everything that they were doing. And what they found and what they noticed, that the ones who did well in life, the ones who did well as they moved forward, past graduating and past coming out of school, 
the ones who did well financially and, and physically and with their families and, and everything kind of that we would look at and say that is successful, were the ones who in school showed the most, and this is the word that she used, the most grit. The most grit. And she said, the way I explain grit is perseverance and passion towards a long-term goal. Perseverance and passion towards a long-term goal. You see, is it true that if we study, even though we don't like to study, that we'll do better in school? Yeah, absolutely. Is it true that if we shower, even when we don't want to, that'll make us smell good and, and, and help us? Yes. But that's not what this message is about tonight. You see, God's word calls us to things that are so much bigger, so much greater than all of these things. As a student ministry, when we gather together, like on a Monday morning for our staff meeting, we pray for the students in this room. We pray for each of you guys. When we're praying, we're not praying, oh, Lord, just helping them make it through the day. We pray that you guys would do incredible things, that God would use you in mighty and powerful ways, that you would influence friends, that you would go on to, to invent things and, and have amazing careers and families, that you would share God's word with other people. When we study his word, we read where he says, you need to love God with everything. You need to love your neighbor as yourself. You need to tell the world about me. You need to be transformed. Our prayer for you guys is that you would accomplish all these things. And the truth is this. The way that happens is that God will lead us through difficult times. We can trust in him. He's going to give us friends, community to take us through it. But ultimately, through our weakness, God wants to make us stronger. And so whatever we face, whatever we come through, whatever situation happens, whatever's going on, we need to trust that in those moments that God is going to work through our weakness, that God is going to work through our difficulties, that God is going to make us strong. I don't know what you guys are going through. I don't know what you're experiencing. I don't know what's hard in life for you guys. I don't know for every single person in this room. But the truth is that bad things happen. And if it's not now, it might be later. If it's not today, it might be in a couple years. But we go through difficult times no matter what, no matter who we are. God wants us to move through it. He wants to help us through. He wants us to persevere. And as we do that, we grow in him. As we realize our weakness, God is made strong. And God will reveal to us what he wants to do. We need to rejoice in our sufferings, not because it's fun, not because it's easy, not because it's great, but because when difficult time comes, we can know that God wants to do something. When difficult times come, we can know, God, you're up to something. God, you're gonna grow me. God, you're gonna teach me. God, you're going to do something incredible. And I'm scared. I'm worried. I don't want to do this. But I'm trusting that you're going to accomplish something great. Just close your eyes and bow your heads. Lord Jesus, thank you that you've shown us through this series that when life gets tough, you're in our corner. That when life gets difficult, you're right by our side. That when circumstances look crazy, you want us to persevere. And no matter how difficult, no matter how rough, no matter what the situation is, Lord Jesus, you're asking us to keep pushing. You're asking us to keep going. You're asking us to rejoice in those difficult times because through those difficult times, you 
will accomplish great things in our lives. You will make us stronger. Lord, I pray for every boy and every girl in this room that no matter what they're going through tonight or tomorrow or in a year, in five years, in 10 years, in 20 years, whenever they face difficulty, may they rejoice in that hardship knowing that you want to accomplish something great, that you want to make them stronger through it. Jesus, we love you so much and we ask these things in your holy name. Amen.